the free agency soon to be underway. The San Francisco 49ers got to make some moves. Are they going to make a splash? We got a long way to get to that, but there's some former 49er players that I think that they may want to take a look at bringing back and returning home. Who do you think the 49ers should bring back if they bring back any former 49er players? I tell you what, let's talk about that right here on the Wayne Breezy Show. Get ready to call in. It's Take Off Wednesday. Can't wait to hear from you. So bright that we shine Whiskey on the rocks and a 24 karat gold on a watch. My 71 Chevy be tipping non stop. Sounding like Trent Williams on the floor. So you know we can't stop. We be banging through your speakers. You can tune it to my show and I'm a teacher. Wayne Breezy, the phone I preacher. What's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday out there. Hope you guys are doing good. I'm doing great. I feel like I need some more light. Let's see if I can get my lighting a little bit better. Like, let's let's get the... There we go. Hurt, hurting the eyes, but it is what it is. Welcome to Take Off Wednesday. Today's the call-in show. You guys get to call in, and I tell you what, we're not going to waste time. We're going to get right down to it at some point uh, quickly. Not much really going on with the San Francisco 49ers, but I'm glad that you guys are tuned in anyway. Shout out to everybody out there, to all the newbies. Thank you so much, man. Make sure you guys hit that like button and feel free to subscribe to the channel, especially if you're new. If you're a member of the Breezy Bunch crew, you know you guys. I salute you. I I salute the members of the Breezy Bunch crew. Why? Because you take extra time to make this show extra, extra special. Shout out to my brother Manly in the building. Says, let's go. Peachy in the building. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to the Wayne Breezy Show. Please smash that like button. You already know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? And and salute to you, PG, as well. All the faithful kings, queens, and kings. Let's have a great show, guys. Let's do it. Nick Nice, what's going on, baby? Hope you're feeling good. Colin is in the building. What's going on, baby? I see my man ED in there. Don't bother me. What's good, man? Thank you for the text message yesterday, man. Uh, I, I We apologize not getting to it on the No Harm, No File show. Hope you guys can hear everything great. I'm still working on this new setup. We're going to be probably testing some stuff out. So we're going to have some, probably some technical difficulties. I'm calling for it right now as we speak for the technical difficulties to, to pop up. Uh, I can just feel it. What's going on, Boats? Boats is in the building, man. Appreciate your boats. Kali, I see you out there, baby. Ask what's up, man. Uh, hey, hey, look. Lake City. We so bright that we shining. See, that's Lake City's voice on the hook. Shout out to Lake City, too, because every time I go and use... Listen, I, look, look. Every time I go on Instagram or Facebook and I create the reel and I, and, and I put the Faithful to the Bass song, it automatically goes straight to his voice in the chorus. That's how potent the chorus and his voice is. So I want to send a shout out to my brother Lake City, man. We got more work to do, man. What kind what kind of single are we gonna release going into the next season? So we should be talking really soon. Uh, but listen, speaking of that, make sure, like if you guys are gonna post reels and things out there, please tag or use the faithful to the bass song. You can you can click Whichever portion of the song, you could use my verse, you could use Lake City's verse, you could use the chorus, you could use Travis King's verse. Do that for me, man. Put that on your 49er reels. You know what I'm saying? I think that would be kind of cool, man. Let's let's get this joint popping. You know what I mean? Let's get it popping. Uh, but I appreciate you, bro. Oh, listen. So I'm I'm sitting back, you know, chilling, trying to figure out, like, 
you know, what's going on? And, and, and you know that the Niners, they got to find a defensive coordinator like ASAP. Like this is, we talk, we talking ASAP, right? We talking, we talking, they need a defensive coordinator before they take their behinds to the NFL combine, right? Like it's super critical and important. There's some names going on out there. I forgot to eat my food, so I'm definitely going to eat my breakfast slash lunch-ish while the calling show is going on. So don't mind that. Uh, but listen, they, Tanisha, what's going on? Look, they, they have to, uh, they got to get a defensive coordinator. We done talked about who potentially the defensive coordinators can be. We done talked about some realistic situations. We talked about some, some, some non-realistic, you know, like maybe the Bill Belichick's, maybe the Pete Carroll's, like, you know, the elderly, I would call them, the grumpy old men, I would call them. We talked about guys that are internal and in, within the system, the Johnny Hollins, the the uh, the the Daniel Bullocks, the Nick Sorisons, those guys. We talked about those dudes. And now here there's a name out there, man. Jeff, what was it? Jeff Albright, like Jeff Albrecht. I think he's going to be one of the ones that is going to be one of the, I don't want to say contestants, but finalists. And look, I the question is, who's going to be the defensive coordinator? Will it be today? Will it be tomorrow? I tell you what, it's going to be soon. Soon come. Soon come. And then the Niners will know kind of, you know, who it's going to be. Yeah, Jeff Albrecht, which is, he's currently with the, uh, see the coordinator for the Jets? Or well, he's definitely with the New York football Jets, Robert Sala, um, out there. So it could be him. Uh, it could be, it, you know what? At this point, I don't even care. At this at this point, it doesn't it doesn't matter. He did play linebacker for us back in in the in the two thousands. You're absolutely right. He did. Uh, so who knows who it's going to be? We don't know. But at the end of the day, uh, I guarantee you. Uh, let's see the combine. When did we say the combine starts next week? So I would say a good old forty nine or today's Wednesday. Peachy saying by Friday. I think Friday sounds good. And then they probably won't really make that. They'll probably know on Friday. We probably won't know till over the weekend. They do some really Friday or Monday. I think it's gonna be. It's either Friday or it's going to be Monday. It's gonna be Friday or Monday. What's going on, Tash Beats? I see you out there, baby. Uh, my man Joseph Woodward. He's not. He's not a member, but it's all good. I like this because it's a question. It says Breezy, do you think that the 49ers might pick up Bill Belichick? For the defense, look, there's some arguments going on, like Bill Belichick. I was reading some stuff saying that he's too old and the players won't want to conform to him. Uh, where, where's my sounds? Hold on. A bullshit? Mm-hmm. A bullshit? Oh, yeah. That, that, that's, that's what that is. That's, that, yeah, it's straight up B. It's it, it's B, right? I, I, I think if Bill Belichick decided to... Uh, Want to be a defensive coordinator? I think this would be a, a, a way to walk out uh, and to put the put the cap end on his legacy, right? Because you know Bill Belichick started out and he's known for being the defensive coordinator. Shout out to my big bro uh, Derek, man. He's a Giants fan, so it's so funny how he popped up in here. And 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 I'm gonna talk about the Giants, right? And so like you know we know Bill Belichick is known for that that ferocious defense under Bill Parcells back in the 80s with the Giants and stuff like that and 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 we don't want to talk about it cuz if I talk about what Bill Belichick and his defense did to the 49ers people will get mad at me. So look, all I'm saying is Bill Belichick would be a great candidate 
if he chose to want to be a defensive coordinator, they do have ties, him and Kyle Shanahan. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I doubt it, but we'll see what happens. I would love it. I, I would That would make my century. That would make my day. You know what I mean? Uh, Nigel says, but Belichick couldn't win without Brady. Yeah, you, you're just talking about head coaching. I mean, Kyle can't win it, period. So what we what we, what we talk about here? You, but you're talking about head coaching. We're, we're talking about Bill Belichick taking a step back. We because remember that conversation we had uh, that that um, that that you know Kyle needs somebody in there that you know he doesn't have to micromanage. Maybe maybe and that that could be the that could be the the issue. You know what I'm saying? That could be the issue. He hasn't been a defensive coordinator for decades, but he still has the mind of the defense. You know what I mean? So you're right. He he, he doesn't. He, he hasn't. Yes, that's, that's a that's a true statement. But he will have some really cool pieces if he decided to come to San Francisco to be a defensive coordinator. Started with Nick Bosa. And and there's something I really love about Drake Jackson. No comparison to Lawrence Taylor, but definitely a freak-ish type of a player. That gives me that vibe. I think Bill can kind of like really bring the best out of a kid like Drake, just like Steve Wilkes brought the best out of our defensive backs. So I look, I'm just saying, man, like Bill, Bill would be a dope candidate. Uh, and, and you know what it is? It's not necessarily like, it's like people, you know, people, people talk trash about Bill Belichick and his defenses have always still ranked top in, in the league. Regardless like his defenses, Bill can draft a defense. So y'all can miss me with that. He ain't coached defense in in years. You're right. That's a hundred percent. But that dude knows how to make. He knows how to build a defense. And if you look at the New England defense that he's leaving behind, just look at that defense and what it's potentially become. They had five key injuries last year, and they still were top top ten, top twelve in the league with five key injuries. And they lost their edge rusher. They lost their rookie cornerback. They lost. They, and they still finished. They just couldn't put up points and in, in, on the offense. So it's a it's a good question. It's probably not going to ever happen. But I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan won't have to worry about the defensive side of football because Bill has seen it all. I that that he he's that person that's seen it all. You know what I'm saying? That's what I think. Uh, who do I think it would be? <sighs> At this point, Dave, I don't know. I, I don't know. I I I I I would love Mike Vrabel, and then somebody hit me with the with the with the door and slammed into my face, where they said that Mike Vrabel would probably punch Kyle Shanahan in the face. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? You're right. It's probably why Mike Vrabel didn't want to be here in the first place. So. I kind of like left that seat. Um, who do I think it will be? Ah, it's tough. That's tough. Um, I, I, I'm, I think it's gonna be somebody in, in like, internally. Uh, and if I'm gonna go with the internal guy, I think it's gonna be like Nick Sorson, a guy that likes to run, like the, the cover three, the type of defense we kind of ran last year, minus all the blitzing and all that type of stuff. That's kind of where I'm thinking, but it could be a relationship between Kyle and an outside guy, which there are two, which would be Brandon Staley, and then it would be Jeff Albrecht, who coached with Kyle Shanahan 
in Atlanta. Uh, so it would be those two. Those would probably be my two outside guys. So who do I think is going to be? I, I've, I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's an internal guy because we do well when it's an internal guy. I don't know if you, we, we kind of, that's our trend. It's I'm kind of nervous bringing in another outside guy. We brought in the outside guy and Wilkes and it, it worked, but it didn't fit. That's the key. So yeah, that's who I'm thinking it would be. Call me Koopa Koo for Cocoa Puffs, but it is what it is. All right, so that's what's going on with the defensive coordinator position. You know, uh, they got to find a way to tie that in. And the reason why I said it's either going to be, you know, Peachy saying Friday. I'm saying it can't be any later than Monday, right? Because they got to pack their bags. And on Tuesday, they need to be in Indianapolis, okay? So, yeah. Uh, So it's got to happen uh, they probably know who it is now, when they will make the announcement. That's a whole, that's a different ball game. So we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, as I'm looking at what the Niners need to do, I, I, I think they do a couple of things, you know, free agency starts first. It's right after the combine. It's really a couple of days after the combine ends. Uh, the Niners are probably going to make a splash and we'll talk about, you know, some of those guys or, or whatnot. But listen, the Warner House put out uh, this graphic on yesterday. And I was like, that's a dope graphic, you know? So I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them some shout outs. And we're going to talk about that uh, a little bit on today's show before we open up the phone lines. And, you know, former 49ers available in free agency. Okay, so we got Aziz Alshair, you got Quan Alexander, you got wide receiver, superstar Kendrick Bourne, native dude, love Kendrick Bourne, met him at a mall at the mall out there. You got Trent Brown, remember big old Trent Brown? Remember Kyle's like, nah. Uh, Josh Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley is a free agent. Uh, Kwan Williams is probably the oldest of the free agents. Uh, and then Akello Witherspoon, I know if Mike was on this show, Mike would be like, give me Akello, right? Um, who was kind of decent last year for the Rams. Weird. Uh, and so, like, which which former 49er? <laughs> I didn't see this. Which former 49er would you guys like to bring back? Uh, Boat said none of them. Uh Interesting. Interesting. Um, Tesh B says, bring back Quan and, and Kwan. I'm sorry, Brown and Aziz. So that's three. Ariel. Oh, I like this. Brown, Aziz, and E-Man. I, I really don't think they want Trent Brown. I, I don't. I, I just don't think Trent Brown fits what, Kyle Shane, he's too big of a guy. He's too he's too big of a guy to fit. You know what I'm saying? What what Kyle Shanahan wants. That's that's just what I'm thinking. You know, he's too big of a guy. Which former 49ers player should they bring back? And I, look, I, I, if you say none of them, it's no, it's no, it's no love loss. Like I, I kind of agree, but let's go through all of them. All right. Let's go through all of them. Um, let's go backwards with the Keller Witherspoon. Look, Akello played really good last year against, I mean, with the Rams, like, I'm not saying he was a lockdown corner, 
but he 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 was playing really well. I I just don't think his relationship with Kyle Shanahan is good, and so I just don't see Akello Witherspoon uh, returning. Kwan Williams, although I would love the Shark to return, he's going to be like fifty, and so he's probably would still be the best option at the nickelback position. No one played nickelback like Kwan Williams, but. Remember, you got to remember, he dealt with a lot of injuries here. And then after he left, we haven't heard his name much. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, that's that's that. Emmanuel mostly, in my opinion, he just can't find a way to stay healthy. It doesn't matter what team he ends up on. He just can't figure out how to stay healthy. And so, unfortunately, towards ACL last year, he seems to... He he just seems like his body is just not meant to play football. He's um, Emmanuel Mosley gives me no disrespect or no shade. He kind of gives me the Jason Verrett vibe. So I, I, I think I'm kind of out on Emmanuel Mosley. I really like the 49er cornerbacks, and I, I want to see... I want to see if Ambry Thomas takes a step up because we watched Diamador Lenore take that step up. We watched Mooney Ward take the step up. So who's going to be the next DB to, to, to take that next step up or level up? I want to see, you know, in a contract season, does Ambry get better uh, and some of the other guys that they have on the team as well. So we'll see. We'll see with that. Uh, we'll see how that works um, or whatnot. Um, Josh Johnson shouldn't even be on this list. I, I'm still I don't even understand why Josh Johnson still wants to play football. Um, you know. I but hey, to each their own, you know, to each their own. Uh he wants to play and that's kind of like what it is, but I would I wouldn't bring him back, you know, if I just wouldn't bring him back. Which which is crazy because you know what? The Niners have two quarterbacks entering free agency. Brandon Allen and Sam Darnold. So they're going to have to bring back somebody. So it's going to be interesting. I, I want to see Womack step up as well, triple dot 31. You, you're not lying. We got some young guys. I want to see them take that next step up. You know, we know Womack dealt with the injuries last year. So we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Uh, Trent Brown, I don't think he fits the mold of what Kyle wants. But, man, that would be solid. Put him on the right side. Trent Williams on the left side. That's a big dude. The question is, can he move quick enough? Oh, God, Eric. Oh, God. Okay, so we're going to, you know, this is not the outside show of, of the free agents, but listen, Kirk Cousins is going to get paid by somebody. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, and so, hey, it, it better not be the 49ers, though. It, it better not be the 49ers, okay? All right, so um, I don't think Trent Brown fits the O-line mold. But it's crazy because he would definitely be better than the right tackle that I think we currently have. So it's interesting, right? So Trent could be somebody that they bring back potentially. Kendrick Bourne, honestly, I think his time here is done. And they got Jawan Jennings. I think the wide receiver room is pretty much stout, right? I don't think they if, – if they're going to bring back a free agent, there's only one person I want the 49ers to bring back. And that would be Chris Conley. I think Chris Conley deserves to be brought back. Um, and I think he should be he should be used. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think he should be utilized. 
Uh, so Chris Conley would be the guy that I think is. So I don't think they go the Kendrick Bourne route. They still have the. They're going to put the tender on uh, Jawan Jennings. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is still going to be here. Debo is going to be here. They got Ronnie Bell that they can utilize. Find a way to utilize. So I, I don't think they'll bring him back. Quan Alexander. That's this is an interesting one because who's going to play that sideline to sideline linebacker with Dre Greenlaw and his Achilles injury? Uh, but for some reason, to me, Quan. I don't think Quan Alexander is the guy anymore. Like, he was all energy the last time he played with the Niners. Couldn't find a way to stay healthy. Um, and so I, I just don't think Quan would be someone that the Niners would seek or, uh, you know, to, to bring back. But when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, guys, and, and I know it's going to sound crazy, but it's going to be... Here, here, here are your returning linebackers. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, who's going to be probably put on the IR for, for a while, right? And then you got to go, you got Curtis Robinson, who has a futures contract, all right? So that's three. And then you got the two guys that they drafted last year, and D. Winters, and then you got uh, Jalen Graham. So that's it. The Niners right now will be uh, entering free agency, will be uh, Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanagan Files. So I know that the Niners have some guys, but that's really only four out of the five that's going to get an opportunity to, to go next year until Drake Greenlaw returns. And so the question is, like, do the not, should the 49ers, like, fulfill, like, uh, with Drake Greenlaw being out, that linebacker room, like, those starting linebackers, it diminishes a, a lot, okay? It diminishes a lot. And I don't think the Niners want that to diminish. I think that the San Francisco 49ers don't want that to diminish. Nigel, uh, you talked about Trent Brown. I'll go back to Trent Brown. But the last person on that list from the Warner House was Aziz al Shire. And for me, this one seems like... A no-brainer. It just, it just seems like a no-brainer. I mean, the timing couldn't be more perfect. I don't think they have to offer Aziz a huge deal. He signed a one-year deal with Tennessee. He could potentially sign another one-year deal with the San Francisco 49ers incentive base. And I think he comes in and he automatically takes that role. He'll be the base down linebacker. And then he'll stay on the field and shift to the weak side. And then they'll bring, you know, and then they bring in the nickelback. Like, I think that's kind of like what you you want to do. Um in my opinion, because you just don't want the role, you don't want the room to diminish. It's Fred Warner, and they say that Greenlaw was always in his shadow, but that's the national media. We know what Greenlaw brought. I think Aziz Alshair, we've seen him play without Greenlaw, and the linebacking core never diminished. It didn't take a dip. And so, look, I'm looking at these former 49ers, and I'm saying, look, it just seems like the Niners need to find a way to get Aziz Alshair back on this roster. So out of all eight names, it's Aziz Alshair for me. Uh, it makes the most sense. The Niners can still draft a linebacker, but it just makes the most sense. Uh, Nigel wants to know about Trent Brown. I just, again, Kyle decided to move on from Trent Brown. Didn't really think that Trent Brown fit the Kyle Shanahan uh, mold. I don't know how high Chris Forrester is on 
uh, Trent Brown. So I think I don't think he's a guy that they'll bring back. I know he's a solid right tackle. They're going to have to pay the right tackle. But in this draft, somebody wanted to talk about the draft. In this draft, there are a slew of tackles, okay, in this draft. What's going on, baby? What's going on, fam? In this draft, there are a slew of tackles um, that the 49ers can get. And I just, I, I don't know. You know you know what I would like? I would like to see what Spencer Burford would be like at the tackle position. That's where they drafted him. I'm curious to know if he can slide back over if they upgrade the guard position. Because I think that's where the Niners need to go. Center, guard, tackle. In that order, too. Right? And everybody feels like we should go tackle, center, or tackle, guard, whatever. At the end of the day, there should be three linemen that the Niners are drafting, or at least three positions that I think that the San Francisco 49ers are going to draft. And it needs to be all three of those because they need to have a better room. Because if you bring in some of these young guys, right? You bring in some of these young guys. I feel like the 49ers will upgrade their line right off the top. There's a slew of tackles. There's a slew of guards. There's a slew of, of centers. And then all, it's all going to come down to who's going to be available at the time uh, if the Niners stay pat at 30, 31. Or do the Niners feel like they want a guy and they decide to trade and move up? And so there's so many players. Graham Barton, I see that's the kid. I think it's the kid from Duke. There's so many guys out there that the San Francisco 49ers can go after. And and every Monday I'm going to do the mock draft. So every Monday on the mock draft, we're going to do a live mock draft. We're going to see who falls available to us, maybe potentially make some trades. Mock draft one is in the book. So we'll see what happens. Uh, on, on, on Patreon uh, this week, I'm going to be definitely up you know, doing my, I'm going to be focusing on the tackles. So I'm going to give you my top five tackles that I think that the 49ers should potentially look in, uh, especially at the very beginning of the draft. Uh, if they can move up, uh, I really think I, I really love the tackle out of Oregon State. Uh, I that, like that. That's the guy I think that would come in and just be, whew, like. Now, now your right side would be solidified. You still got juice on the left side. There's still not a better left tackle in the NFL than 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 Trent Williams. And so now you get this kid out of Oregon State. He can start day one, and you'll be good to freaking go. You know what I'm saying? And so, like that's that's kind of what I'm looking at. I definitely like Guyton out of Oklahoma as well. But you don't got to move up from Guyton. Like, you know what I'm saying? You don't got to move up from Guyton. So, like, there's two players in this draft I think I would move up for. Well, maybe three. I like to tackle out of Alabama as well. If you're going to move up, it's got to be him, the kid from Oregon State, or Jackson Powers Johnson. I'm always down for starting and getting the center. Jackson Powers Johnson. Let me tell you about this kid, man. Jackson Powers Johnson was the best offensive lineman at the Senior Bowl. He looked it. He played it. And they knew it. And, and it came to a point where he didn't even have to practice and he was still the best guy. Listen, you start with this kid. This this will fix, to me, this would fix the 49ers' problems. So when you're looking into the draft, you know, it's going to be fun because you got the combine coming up. And so that's going to help tell the tale as well. You know, a lot of people don't like Tyler Guyton. You know, a lot of people don't like him. But I loved what I saw at the Senior Bowl. So when I watched the kid win his one-on-ones and I watched some of these other names lose one-on-ones, that made something. Now, the question is, can he play in this particular uh, zone scheme system? That's something that we'll have to see. But when they test 
at 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 these uh at, at this combine, then we're gonna really uh, be able to go back. 805 uh, Blackbeard says, what about McKivitz at guard and draft a true right tackle? Honestly, I believe that McKivitz is best at tackle, but he's best when he's the swing tackle. McKivitz is the guy that should come in and 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 if there's an injury, he'll be fine a game or two. That Like, that's McKivitz, right? He's the swing tackle. And that's why I said it would be really good to see him go against uh, Jalen Moore, to go against uh, even, like, give Spencer to Burford the opportunity to uh to to be tackle as well. Like you know what I'm saying? Cuz you guys got a lot of names out there. Ariel says Amarius Mims from Georgia. He would be great at 31 if he's available. Uh he's coming off of an injury, uh but he would definitely be a great prospect for the San Francisco 49ers. A guy you can plug in day 1. You know what I'm saying? Uh Eric E says, "Anyway, my bad Breezy said this is a former Bro, it's all good. Uh, uh I I don't I'm not I'm not up on trading or uh Purdy uh at this point or uh, replacing Purdy, but I do think that the 49ers should draft another quarterback and my quarterback that I like that I feel like could come in uh if if need be would be uh Tagavaloa Tagavaloa uh from from Maryland. I think that would be a nice prospect that the Niners can get some some good some good stuff out of. Uh he's quick processing, he has a deep throw, uh he's pretty darn accurate and he can move. So if you need him to run, he can run. He's he's kind of like Purdy, like if you think about it. I think he'll be late. Uh, he might go undrafted, but I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers draft another quarterback uh, or, or whatnot in this particular draft. But like I said, like there's going to be a bunch of prospects we're going to look at. And and right now we're kind of like giving you the the preface of of who who's who's available like like right now. None of this is going to matter until they test like their their senior bowl and the East West Shrine Bowl matters. But when they test it will help them stand out more and it's either going to move them up the draft stock or move them down the draft stock. And so, um, I didn't say Tua, but his brother to, to Lua, I think that's how you say his name. Not sure. I don't want to say it wrong, but tag available the kid, the brother, the brother from, uh, uh, from Maryland would be the guy. All right. So listen, you guys are going to get the call in now. Look, we're testing this out. So hopefully it works. I'm going to put the number up here. Uh, and, and I want to know about, you know, who who the 49ers, which former 49ers player would you bring back? If you're going to bring back one player, which former 49ers player would you bring back? That That's kind of like the question I kind of want to hear from you guys today. We talked a little bit about some guys we would draft. Uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about when it comes to free agency because the Niners don't have any damn money right now. But they will be able to free up some Real soon. I, I guarantee you they'll be able to free up some money real soon. So we'll see what happens in free agency. But if I'm targeting a free agent, like I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners go get Aziz Al-Shair. But who would you want to bring back? Like who do you feel would be the guy, the former 49er to come back? He's grown. He's mature. All those good things. Like I'm, I'm curious to know what you guys think. There's going to be the number right there, uh, 475-549-7849. Make sure when you call in that, you know, whatever you're listening on, the volume is down so we can hear you on the show. And uh, hopefully this works out perfectly because we got a new little hookup. I was dying to get this to work properly. So hopefully everything is going to be just fine. All right. So there's the number five four seven five five four nine seven eight. 
4-9. I, I want to hear from you. What do you guys think, man? Get ready to get your takes off. All right. If not, feel free to put your questions in the chat. I'll try to get to your questions as I see them uh, or, or whatnot. My man, Jesse, Jesse Campbell says, no, no, we need some fresh top tier town at cornerback. No more Witherspoons, no more Johnson, no more this or that. We need to go after some talent at, at the cornerback position. I don't know how many years we've neglected this position. We need to start addressing it now. Now, I, you, you want top tier talent. I I don't like this draft for the cornerback position, Jesse. I I don't think that this is the draft for the corner. There's some cornerbacks in this draft, but I don't think that this draft has top tier. Is going to give you what you're looking for. Uh, I do like. Uh, there's a couple of players I like. I like. Uh, I'll do my. Not going to give you my top five now. But I like Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon. I don't know why I like Oregon so much. But I like Kyrie Jackson out of Oregon. Uh, I like Andrew Phillips out of Kentucky. Um, and and if they had to wait a little bit later, um, there, there's there's players out there that they can get. Um, I like the kid from Florida State who can play, I think, lockdown at the nickel. I, I, but, but you could get these guys throughout the draft. That's what the Niners have been doing, though. They've been addressing... The cornerback position, they just haven't wasted the draft capital on... They haven't had the ability to waste the draft capital on that player. I think, personally, this year in the draft, I think, personally, this year in the draft, that the San Francisco 49ers need to focus on. It is time. The team is built. They don't need to add literally another freaking weapon. Uh, my man Kali says Kool-Aid uh, McKinstry from Alabama. Yo, Kool-Aid is dope, but they would have to trade up to get him. See what I'm saying? Like, that it would be one of those guys you would trade up to get. Uh, TJ Tampa from Iowa State. Yes, I definitely checked him out. Um, like I said, there's some talent. I just I just wouldn't waste my first round pick on one of them dudes. Now, if, if one of these dudes fall... Shoo. And, uh, and and let me be honest. Klesar49 says, any way we could trade for DJ Jones, I'm cool on not trading for anybody or signing free agent. There's a player that I think if he's available at 31, the 49ers don't pass on. And it ain't an offensive lineman. It's not an offensive lineman. His name is Tavondre Sweat. Defensive lineman out of Texas. If he's available at 31, and let's say your top tackle or or isn't there, I wouldn't be surprised. And hear me out. I know that we're I, I know that the 49ers front is what it is, but let's call it like a let's call it like a let's call it what it is. I think Javon Hargrave is fine. I think Eric Armstead is an asterisk. I think he's getting a little older. And I think what they're asking him to do is just more wear and tear on his body. And I don't think there's anybody that can replace Eric Armstead. And I think they got to look to the draft. Now, if a guy like Tavondre Sweat, who is a force up the middle, you're not going to be able to run on him and he could rush the quarterback. I'm telling you right now, that would be a player that I may spend that first round pick. The kid out of Florida State, and no one wants to talk about Braden Fisk. I went, these are these are players that I think will be transcending, and I don't, I wouldn't pass up on these dudes. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't pass up on these dudes. Okay? I just wouldn't. I wouldn't pass up on these dudes. So, Clasard, I wouldn't trade for DJ Jones because I really think there's some tackles that they could get, some defensive tackles that I think that they can get um, in this particular draft, especially in that first round, that may be treading around that 31st pick. And I'm going to be honest, like I said, if Tavondre Sweat is there, I, 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 would, I would get offensive line in round two and get him. And I know it sucks because it's like, dang, we don't, we, all we do is draft defensive tackles. At, at the end of the day, you're still drafting from the trenches. Like, you're still drafting for the trenches. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. Sweat is going to be a problem in the NFL. Whoever gets him is going to have Chris Jones' problem. That that's kind of what I'm thinking. Chris Jones, Chris Jones' problem can can swat the ball, can bat the ball down, can rush the passer, can stop the run. He's a force, kind of like a like a nose tackle, but can can move in a four three on a four three front. So it's crazy. Uh, but there's a lot of players. There's a lot of players um, out there that I feel like the Niners can get. So nobody's gonna call in today, huh? And 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 give me what they think about. You know, whatever. I I really wanted to test this out, but uh uh but I'll I'll just deal with your chats. Manly says I think we should get Aziz and just work on the O line for now. I think, Manly, that this is the time that I th- I think the way that the 49ers are constructed, yes, they can, can continue to add weapons or supplement weapons. Now I'm getting a ring. I'm hoping, you know, this works out. Let's see if I could get my man Boats on here. Boats, what's good, baby? Uh man, we're doing real good. I'm hoping they can hear you out there. I'm trying to set up this, this stuff out there, and hopefully they'll give us a thumbs up or, or whatever. Somebody said prank call or whatever, but I'm hoping that they hear it. So I, we'll, we'll know in a second or two. Uh, but I hope all is well, man. How's the offseason treating you so far? Yeah. Maintain our top tier talent and then at the same time try to find some old linemen. I mean, I know we were going to talk about secondary and defensive tackle and the rest of it, but going back again, where was our failure? All playoffs. The oh, line. Yeah. We just could not get anything going with that O line. And I don't care what pieces we replace. I don't care if you bring in Kirk Cousins. I don't care if you bring in Patrick Mahomes. Without an O line in the NFL, you do not win. You do not succeed. You will never get a Super Bowl. Ask Patrick Mahomes when he didn't have an O line. He lost a Super Bowl. I, agree. I mean, the Chiefs have figured this out. You stay away from these expensive ass skill players, these high priced free agents is going to drain your salary cap like a heart rate, like the guy, but he's expensive. And you need to find other people who can play, just don't have the big names and the big contracts with them. You know, nobody thought Rasheed Rice was going to turn out to be the receiver. He did, but, mm. you know, Kansas City figured it out. You know, I mean, they spent their money on O-line. They gave that left tackler there is what, uh, uh, the third highest offensive lineman contract in yes, the history or something? Yes, Jaguars. They he had 19 holds in the regular season, zero in the playoffs. And guess who's Super Bowl champ? It ain't Debo. Yeah. It ain't B.A. It ain't Juice. It ain't Kyle. Yeah. 
It ain't that sorry ass offensive line that we had that didn't block for Purdy at all. Didn't give the receivers no time to run routes. Didn't give our running backs no damn holes. So we need to get this old mentality out and realize this game is played in the trenches. And if you don't invest in your old line, it doesn't matter what else you do to your team. I think it's time though, right? Like they've they've invested in the other positions. They got to the big dance with the makeshift offensive line. You knew it was a problem. Mm-hmm. I knew it was a problem. I'm sure the front office knew it was a problem. And, you know, against against the the teams with, I don't want to say ferocious, but the relentless type of pass rushing, like, and you look at the Chiefs, like, they blitzed and they passed rush. And it's just weird, right? Because, like, when you go back to that Chiefs game, you're like, dang, like, I thought the 49ers' offensive line was pretty darn good against the pass rush. But when you factor in the blitzing, guys just went untouched. It was just weird. And so, like, even with a better offensive line, does it help against the guys that are blitzing? Like, like that. that's the question. Would the offensive line help against that? Because how many times did you see a blitzer literally go untouched and— the offensive line can't really do much about that if they're sending more than there are a number of guys to block, right? I'm just playing devil's advocate with it. I do think they need to upgrade the offensive line because I want to be able to run the ball 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We were on the Super Bowl. We just kept running that damn ball. Yeah. That, that, I don't understand. <laughs> but that's maybe here and there. The problem that happened in the Super Bowl, our center, who's in charge of protection, there it is. didn't do his job. He wasn't reading the line. That is the center's job. There, there it is. Quarterback's job also, but the center is primarily responsible for getting the other offensive lineman to check, saying, hey, watch for the double team. Watch for the guy looping around on, there the, it on is. the stunt. All that. That is on the center. Our center didn't do that. There. So you left old barbecue mildew out there, and he's just standing there blocking Casper the ghost. Why Purdy's getting sacked, and we're losing the damn Super Bowl. You know? So, <laughs> so we didn't replace the center. We didn't replace everybody except for Trent. Okay, and obviously, you know, we know he's got to keep trend. But that rest of that line, man, I'm telling you, we are not going to win a Super Bowl with mildew and barbecue on the offensive line. We need something other than mildew and barbecue, you know? Mildew we, we need, we need, and barbecue, bro. Those those names are, they, they're going to resonate in my spirit for a long time. Uh, but, Boats, you, you made something, and you, you, you had an interesting point, and you talked about center. And I really, really, really think that's where it starts. I, I understand we need to upgrade on the right side, but if we start at the center, if we get mm-hmm. a true center, a true center zone power, just a center, like uh, uh, like uh, like he is born to play center, he's smart enough to play center. People don't realize that the center has to be the second smartest player, the first smartest player. The center's like the catcher. Like, they got to know everything that's going on on the baseball, on the football field. And so, like, if yeah, your center can't recognize these protections and where to slide these protections, you got to you gotta find a way to trade up to get this Jackson Power Johnson kid, bro. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, you got to get Jackson's Power Johnson, man. That's where it starts. Yeah. What was the major move Kansas City made after they lost the Super Bowl at Tampa Bay? Creed freaking Humphrey, bro. That was their fucking priority. Sorry, I didn't even cut. That good. was their priority. It wasn't, it wasn't going out there and getting Patrick another superstar wide receiver or anything else. There's nothing. No, they said, nah, we need to get hit hard on this offense line. We need us a true center. We're going to spend a second-round pick on a center, which is high in the NFL standards. You can get quality offense linemen three to, three to five zone. But going up a second round for a center, and what did everybody say then? 
Yeah. They were super smart for doing that. They got themselves somebody who can actually protect Mahomes, allows Mahomes to sit back, be able to scan the defense, read the defense pre-snap, and trust his center is going to get the line protection squared away. That's a huge uh, plate you're taking off, or a huge portion you're taking off Mahomes' plate. Why can't we do that for Purdy? Purdy ain't Mahomes. I'm not going to say it. The whole world knows it. So why are we making Purdy do more than what the Kansas City Chiefs are asking Patrick Mahomes to do? Guys. How are we going to Super Bowl that way, Wayne? We can't, man. I mean, we need to get back to the basics here. And Kyle needs to get over his ego. And I know he loves his zone outside running scheme, and you need light, fast offensive linemen. But the league's changed. Players have changed. You know, you can find light offensive linemen, but they're super strong also now. And so they're getting away from that. Uh, um, you know, that, that that zone, outside zone running with these light, agile linemen isn't as effective as it used to be in uh, Papa Shanahan's days. You know? And so Kyle needs to get over his ego and realize sometimes scheme won't get you past Yes, like in the Super Bowl. So, it ain't going to get build more build, uh, mildew and barbecue to block Casper. Yeah. You know, you have to have intelligent offensive alignment, and you can't go too cheap on that one. So I'm willing to trade B.A., save up some of that calorie salary cap. Actually, I'd like to get rid of Juice and Fergrave because that's $22 million we're spending on a slightly above-average defensive tackle and a above-average fullback. But that's $22 million just for those two positions. Okay. I'm okay taking that money and reinvesting into the offensive lineman. I think we can find a replacement for Hargrave or AA in the draft. Fullback, I know Juice is smart. He's a Harvard guy. Kyle loves him because fullbacks allow you to dictate the coverage to the defense and all that. But $7 million for a fullback who's going to catch four passes the whole season. Yeah, I mean, we, we can find somebody for $3 million and take $4 million and roll that back into a proper offensive line. You know, so I think we got we can do it. We just got to get rid of some of these superstar idea mentalities, like the Madden teams, where it's all ninety nine superstars, mm-hmm. and realize that that you know we need to invest in solid players. Solid players is, are going to do more for you. Why? Because they cost less and they overperform their contracts. That's the whole secret of free agency: is signing players who are going to overachieve their contract. We haven't been doing that. We've been signing players, but they haven't been living up to their contract. Debo ain't been living up to his money. Hargrave didn't live up to his money. So we got to get away from that and get back to finding these guys who we can bring in who can overachieve on their contracts. That is literally the formula. When you look at all the math and all the PFF and everything else, that is how the successful teams maintain it, is by finding players who overachieve their contracts. Easier said than done. I'll be the first one to admit that. But that needs to be our focus, not big-name free agents and, and, and all that. It's just finding solid players who don't require a king's ransom who can outplay their contract. Okay. I, I, I slightly disagree, but I understand where you're coming from with it. But I, I slightly disagree because when you look at players, uh, players play and then they get paid to perform. Like they, they, they play to get those contracts and it's not the players' fault that they don't live up to those contracts. You look at this. If you go back to that Super Bowl, like, we can't be mad at Debo if they didn't use Debo. Like, his contract says that they're going to use Debo. Like, you just imagine if they were to use Debo like we normally use Debo. It would have been, oh, Debo was worth every penny. But that's not how Kyle Shanahan chose to use Debo. So, like, you can't be mad that these players go out and you you bring them in. Javon Hargrave, you didn't bring you brought in here to rush the quarterback, and there was something wrong with the whole pass rush. Nick Bosa didn't look good. Yeah, I, I can't I can't defend anybody if my main player looked like shit. I just can't. So that, something was wrong with the rush. Let's just talk about something was just wrong with the rush. He's a he was a a defensive rushing tackle, not a run stopping tackle, 
but a rushing tackle. Mm-hmm. Eric Armstead couldn't stay yeah, healthy. So I, I, I don't say that they underperformed on their contracts. I don't even think they got an opportunity to really perform and be who they were in their contracts is what I'm trying to say. But I do understand you got to fill your team with those those young players that are trying to earn a contract. Like, they're trying to – they want to get there. Like, yeah, they, they're going to overperform. Obviously, they want to get paid. So they're going to do the, the nitty-gritty, the, the that type of stuff, right? And so, yeah, I agree with that. But I feel like our players aren't – weren't used properly. The thing is with the Debo deal, it's the league's caught on the Debo. I'm guaranteeing those Debo runs are going to be less effective every season because nobody's fooled by them anymore. There's so much tape. It's not that hard. How many different teams have come out and said they picked apart Kyle's offense? There's tails and there's tips on the play. We laughed about it when they said about Trent Williams. Trent Williams like, yeah, you got to stop us. Would we hear this year? Same rumblings. People have figured out that Debo run crap. And we're paying a bunch of money for a play that's not going to work because everybody's already tipped off to it. That is my problem with keeping Debo. As dynamic as he is, when everybody knows what play is going to get run, it doesn't matter how good he is. Ask Barry Sanders. Everybody knew he was going to get the ball. Barry would make great plays but couldn't you know, win games because everybody knew Barry was going to get the ball. Everybody knows Debo's going to get the ball. They're not fooled by it no more. There's no surprise element to it. And that was one of the biggest things with Debo and running the ball was the surprise element. That's gone. So why are we still paying Debo top-tier money when he's not a number one wide receiver? He doesn't run routes like B.A. He doesn't catch like B.A. But you're not, main, you're not paying – Debo's not you know, a top-tier wide receiver. He's not getting paid top-tier money. He's expensive. He's expensive now. That, that, Debo signed that. a three-year – what was Debo's contract, bro? Like, it, it, he's getting – his contract is hitting now. All the First of all, every time the 49ers extend the player – that second, third year money is is mm-hmm. is rough. So you can't say that he's expensive because now this year he's gonna cost the team twenty six million dollars. He didn't cost the team twenty six million last year, and he didn't cost the team twenty six million the year he extended. So now his money kicking in. Like it's the same so thing with Nick the- Bosa. Like we pay Nick Bosa a quadruple junk of money for ten and a half sacks. We should trade him too. No, Nick Bosa was actually doing his job. Nick See, Bosa ain't do shit. Bosa didn't do... Quarterback pressures. Bo- Bo- I don't care yeah, about no... Qu- quarterback do. pressures don't matter when you can't get to the quarterback, bro. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Well, if you Come on, bro. You can... Pre- like, you can... Boats, you can pressure all day long and the quarterback mm-hmm. still complete the pass. Yeah, if nobody else is helping out Bosa. Now it's now it's because nobody yeah, helping him out. Bosa ain't had help. Well, Bosa, Bosa only had help his rookie year, and that's when we had a, a limp beat up uh, D Ford, right? And that that was it. Well, the year he got twenty two and a half sacks, or twenty and a half sacks. Excuse me. What help did he have? Samson Ebukam and Charles Amenahu. Come on, man, it's the same shit. It, it literally. They them, between those two players I just named, I think they had a total of seven and a half sacks. It wasn't yeah, that. Your point, Bosa got pressure. Final play of the Super Bowl. What was it? Zone read. Bosa got pressure. The rest of the D line screwed it up. Okay, Bosa can rush, and if they're open up, they're leaving the A gap and the B gap open. They're leaving running lanes for the quarterbacks. Uh-huh. Then then Bosa can't do anything about it. All he can do is rush off the edge. I and I the I, I, I the line holds up. Bro, I, I, you not gonna, you, you, you. If you gonna tell me Debo ain't perform, then neither did Nick Bosa. Not to the standards that I want Nick Bosa to perform at. Not to the standards he should perform at. When you sign a ninety billion dollar deal, 
you better be getting double digit, high double digit sacks every single year. I don't care if they triple. Tri- it don't matter. How come every all these other defensive ends perform when they get their contracts? Ain't not one other team talking about they they defensive end. Why is Nick Bosa the one that's struggling? Come on, man. That's not fair. Oh, that's a totally that yeah, we gotta have another we 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 gotta have cigars and cognac and a conversation. I, <laughs> I'm down, I'm down. You, you're trying so to get me kicked off the show. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So what do you expect from a $26 million wide receiver? What kind of numbers do you expect a $26 million a year wide it's receiver? It's not fair to, to say that he's $26 million a year because that's what it ends up be turning out to be like this year. Like it's twenty, But it wasn't $26 million a year. Like it was it was weird. But what do I expect? Um, I expect him to go out there and be dynamic, right? And so like when you look at Debo Samuel, he's not that guy. Like – it's the same difference when they sign Eric Armstead. Same difference. Yeah, we all do. No, but yeah, but but it's the same difference, bro. It's the versatility. It's the it's the ability to do to do more than one thing to be able to answer more than one call. For 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 Eric Armstead, you know, people didn't agree with it, but the Niners went with the versatile player, the guy that can line up inside and outside. You know, he was coming off the season where he had like double digit sacks and and whatever, but then they can use him outside as well. What that kind of what happened to that? Like it just diminished. Like it was gone. I I don't want to play. I'm getting paid to play inside. Like it just it's so weird. Like what he did to get the contract, he didn't have to he didn't do anymore, really. Then he started getting injured. With Debo, it's the same thing. You know Debo is going to be one of the hardest uh kind of like runners out there on the football field. He run, like, so his body is, is, is going to be injured at some point just, just because he overplays when he plays. But when he gets the ball, it's not fair that we're cheering him on when he takes this one-yard pass and go 99 yards, and then when he takes a one-yard run and go negative seven yards. We can't get mad. Like, that's the game. That's who he is. If Kyle don't, if if you're, he's inconsistent because of the fuck, because of the team. If, if the offensive line don't block, every negative run, boats was because of the offensive line. Every time mm-hmm. there was a negative run, it wasn't because Debo was bad. It wasn't because Jawan Jennings was bad. It wasn't because Christian McCaffrey was bad. It's because the offensive line forgot to block, mainly at the goddamn center position. He just went the wrong way every time. I've, I yes, did a whole video. The defense is having enough tape to figure out when we're giving Debo the ball. It's it's not that it's it's not you you don't run it like that. Like it, the issue with Debo is the first when they first started running with Debo, they would run him between the tackles. They 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 took that out right because the defenses realized that they still can't get to Debo on the outside block if the line is blocking. They still can't get to him. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the issue for me. He's not used right. And then when he is used right, it's almost like it's almost like the, 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 the execution is so piss poor that he can't be effective. And so it go from a one yard gain to uh, uh, but it could potentially be a 17 yard game. Who breaks tackles more? Debo? Right? Debo's a tackle breaker. Like that's the, that's what so you're paying him for all of that stuff. Like, you're paying him for the, like, not to be a number one wideout. Debo's not getting paid number one wideout money. He don't get enough targets to be a number one wideout. Neither is Brendan Ayuk, and we're going to have this conversation in a couple of weeks. 
Brandon Ayuk is the yeah, number yeah. one wide receiver, but he ain't getting targets like he the number one wide receiver, right? So are you going to pay him number one wide on money? Yeah, not in our scheme. I mean, you know, we don't need a number one wide out in our scheme. I mean, we don't need a Jefferson Jefferson. And that's why Thank Debo's you. here, because the illusion and the ability to be versatile. So, yeah, if if you lock in on Debo, right, and, and you lock in on this guy, you lock in on this guy, somebody is going to have the ability or option to eat. Like, we still paying George Kittle. Should we cut him too? Like, like he, he was worse than Debo in the Super Bowl. At the end, at the end, at the end, as far as production, and it's because they're just not—they weren't utilized. I just don't think I—I I, I don't know. I right now the Niners are paying these players; it's a lot of money, and at some point, from a I gotta we, we gotta put the business hat on, and some things are going to have to happen. Like it's it's inevitable. Like it has that's to. What I'm, looking at. I'm looking at the long-term sustainability. For sure, right now for sure. We wouldn't make or break for the Super Bowl. But we're gonna have to let some key pieces go. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I think it's better off reusing the money on the offensive line. I think pretty much everybody agrees with that. Not like I'm saying one thousand percent. You know what I mean? But it's just what signature piece are we gonna let go? Yeah, I'm I'm on board with Juice and and Hargrave uh, because I think those are the two easiest pieces to replace without having a huge impact on the team. I think we can find a a you know I hate to say it uh, you know a double team you know kind of like Kinlaw. Kinlaw actually kind of came on with those double teams, eating up double teams. Anyways, we need to find somebody who's cheaper who can eat up double teams. That's not that hard. I see what you're saying. I see what you're you saying. You know, and the, and mo- the money be, locked in you know, that position is too much. Is what you're saying. Who was twenty two million? Yeah. I mean, if we would have, I mean, we picked up John Feliciano for cheap, and he actually turned out to be a, a pretty okay offensive lineman. Now, whether you like his social media game after the Super Bowl, or not, it's a whole different story. But I don't think the man was wrong when he said either. But I mean, those are the type of offensive linemen I think we need to do a better job of identifying. If not, we need to get a better offensive line coach. Maybe that's our problem. Yeah. You know, what I mean, we we put too much stock in these position coaches because we've had really good success, but we haven't had the ultimate success. Gotcha. You know, so maybe some of these position coaches are really, even Coach Kerry, uh, you know, nobody's safe anymore. You know what I mean? Never thought Coach about Kerry that. Coach may be the greatest defensive line coach in the world, but why do we need a $22 million or a $15 million defensive tackle just to eat up two guys, just to eat up double teams if we have the best defensive line coach? Good. You know, and so that's what I'm like, if we have the best coaches, why do we also need the best, most expensive athletes at those positions? Because coaching, the coach's job is to get the best out of the athletes. That's true. But if they can't get the best out of the athletes and they have to go buy these high-priced athletes, well, then maybe our position coaches need to be reassessed. But, you know, but, maybe we got to put our ego to the side and reevaluate this whole staff and say, are they really getting the job done? Close ain't close enough. You know what I mean? This ain't hand shoes and horseshoes. You know, horse, uh, hand grenades and horseshoes and shit. You know, I, so maybe I, we need to evaluate this. But but yeah, I think if somebody has to go, let it be Hargrave and Juice, and we'll refigure it out. Va. Man, I'd love to keep him, but to keep B.A., and we can do it. People don't understand this. If we restructure quite a few contracts, we can keep B.A. The problem is is we're going to be in cap hell for the next two to three years. I think we're already in cap purgatory, dog. I I think think it's the the way that this team is. It's it's backloading contracts until it's not. Until Until this front office regime... Leaves, it's just backload, 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 bro. Like I just think that's just the way it is. I know it's not, it's not typical, it's not standard. It's probably not even gonna, it's not even right, but it's working. We just gotta win a Super Bowl, and I think after that, like, no one cares. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, you know, if you win the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter if your whole team goes zero and sixteen next year. You won the Super Bowl, right? You can ride that high for two to three years. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
Um, but both, but, but, I appreciate you, bro. I got to get. I, I there's a couple of other callers in the queue. I want to get on. Oh, yeah. But this was dope. Lot. This what a what a healthy discussion of of agreeing, disagreeing, agreeing again. I love it. I, this is what I like when we are able to talk, have conversations. Oh yeah, we're all gonna have difference of opinion, you know. But for at the sure. same time, for smart football fans, you know, we'll come back to the same conclusions. Like, yeah, dude, that's a solid point, you know. And um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe this will finally be the wake up call. Like Andy Reid went through a wake up call after he lost a you know a bunch of close NFC championships Good and point. everything else. Of course, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. But maybe Kyle just needs the wake up call and whatever his he thinks he knows, maybe he doesn't know it as well as he thinks he does. You know, so it's time to bring in some outside people. Maybe a new DC. I'm, I'm not a big fan of having a rookie DC for a Super Bowl D, but hey, whatever. I defer to the experts, you know. Hey. Um, but yeah, maybe we just need to be more in-depth internally, like you said. Front office needs to get their game right. Quit doing these D-Ford contracts. You know, we I think just this year we came off of D-Ford's money. I you think know, we got one more. Don't we got one more year of, of it? Because he extended again. Not, not extended, but he restructured. I'm sorry, wrong word. I think it's one more yeah, year. Yeah. I'm not looking at that currently right now. I wasn't built for that for the show. I don't feel like pulling it up right now. But you might have one more yeah, year yeah, of... Point, though, you know, bad business deals. I agree. I, I, I'm not going to argue. I felt like... You know who I think we just finished paying? Weston Richburg, Ooh. dead money. I I think we... Mm-hmm. <laughs> future center of the 49ers, Weston Richburg. Because all Giants are great future players. There it is. Well, Boats, thanks for calling in, bro. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, have a great one. I'll be back in the chat. All right, man, peace. <laughs> All right, guys, I see you got some calls in the queue. Let's get you guys called back, man. Let's do it, baby. All right, let's see. Uh, I'm calling my man Jay. Says, calling not available to call Jay. I can't call Jay right now. Actually, I can't call anybody for some reason. Interesting. All right, so call back in. I, what the hell is going on with this computer phone calling bullcrap? It's weird. Uh, so Brian, Eric, call back. Jay, call back. I'll get you guys back on here. Let me go ahead and remove the number, uh, whatever. But just recall that number that was in y'all in y'all queue. For some reason, it's not letting me dial back. Interesting. There we go. All right, I got my man Brian on. What's going on, baby? Hey, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I just want to make sure that they can hear you. Okay, so that, like, I, we went through some technical difficulties earlier. I think you should be good. I ain't touched nothing. Shout out to Nigel. Thank you for gifting the membership to Nigel out there. But, Brian, what's going on, bro, man? How you feeling, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, free agency is underway. Uh, free agency is underway. Okay, um, I got a question for you. I, I thought I had the answer, but somebody told me I was wrong. Okay. Do the coaches affect anything with the salary cap? I didn't hear the question. What did you say? Do the do the coaches affect salary cap? No, the coaches do not affect the salary cap. Ha ha! Isn't that great? Then let's take the Brinks truck, whatever truck you have that goes to the bank and brings your money to the bank, and let's drive up to Bill Belichick's house and let's go get that guy for a DC coordinator position. If if Kyle's mad and intimidated, then he can go. Let's win the Super Bowl. That should be the only thing that matters to Kyle at this point is win the Super Bowl. So whoever he needs, go get him. I agree. I don't. I, I don't. I, people don't like Bill Belichick. I love Bill Belichick. Always have. Probably always will. I think he would be the best candidate out there to bring in here. I don't know where Kyle stands on it though, as far as like. You know how Kyle is. So, like, 
imagine Kyle Shanahan telling Bill Belichick what to do. Like, I'm just curious to know how you think that conversation would go. But do you think he would tell people what to do? Or do you think he'll be like, hey, you got the offense, let me handle the defense? Think it, I, I think it would be more of a, you know, like, I don't even have to worry about that. I'm not going to be calling a timeout in the Super Bowl to change the place when you're calling. Good point. Good point. I think it starts like that until Bill Belichick screws up. I think that's how Kyle was about Steve Wilkes uh, until the Minnesota game. Uh, until he couldn't stop the run in Cleveland and in Minnesota, they went back to stopping the run and they just got, it was just a weird call at a weird position of the game. And it didn't work out, and Kyle just wasn't happy ever since then. And I think that's where the distrust started, or however you want to call it. So I think it, we would trust Bill. I mean, like, how how you not trust Bill? You know what I mean? So I, yeah, I, I mean, like, I really, I don't see it not working out or not being a good idea. The only thing is, people's oh, well, Kyle couldn't get it done with Bill, Bel- you know, without Bill Belichick. Who really cares? He got a Super Bowl, and then if Bill Belichick retires or Kyle goes to another team and wins another Super Bowl somewhere else. He already got that first one. Once you win the first one, it's like making a... Uh-oh. The call cut out. I'm sorry. I'll get you back on here. I was having some technical difficulties, so let's see if we can call Bryant back. There we go. I wanted to make sure I could call these numbers back, so let's get him back up on here. My fault, man. I hit the, I hit the back button uh, on the browser, so my bad, but we got you back. Yeah, I just, you know, again, it's like Bill Belichick, if he was to come and help, you know, Kyle win the Super Bowl, people would probably give Kyle, you know, crap over it and saying, well, you needed him to come and win it. But once you win your first Super Bowl, it's like winning a million, you know, earning a million dollars, you can earn that next one easier. That's that's the whole thing. So it's like, just get there, get it done, and then go from there. Um, As far as, like, free agents go, I'd love to see us go after, you know, Bosa's brother, um, Mm -hmm. bring him to the team. I'd love to see them, say, take the 97 jersey and cut it in half, and one person could have nine, one could have seven, put them both on the ends, and when they hit the quarterback, it'll be 97 coming at them. Um, yeah, that's just big dreaming, but I, I, I just, I'm really excited about it. I think it would be neat to see if we could get, like, a McCaffrey or a Rice or a Gore in the draft. Um, everybody wants O-line, but why are we going after O-line when we use Kittle to block, when we use Juice to block? I, I just... I don't see them emphasizing the, the whole need for an O-line, especially if they're not going to start him. It doesn't seem like we ever start rookies. They always get uh, red-shirted. And then uh, if let, you need an O-line now, it's going to be free agency. They're going to have to go after a veteran. Good point. I, unless, unless Spencer Burford started. Yeah, you started, but didn't you get didn't you get the start because someone got hurt in preseason? Hey, man, it don't matter how you start, dog. Like, long as you if you get the starts, you but, start. I, I think if they if they draft if if they did wait, let me ask you this question: Did Mike McGlinchey start? I don't know. I don't know. We got to go back. We got to dig in the crates. I know a lot of people didn't like Mike McGlinchey. No, 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 no. I did. I know. I know. I just know. The underweight season. That's when they were mad at us. Right. Um, I, I no, also, none of us liked him. I just wanted to know. I, I believe didn't we draft him, or was he drafted before Kyle and him? He might have been drafted before. I, no, he was drafted during the Kyle regime. He must have been drafted. The second year they were here, right? I can't, I, I can't tell you right off first round pick. I have to look it up. I just want to know if Mike McGlinchey started because if that's the case, that's another one that started. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. Look, at the end of the day. 
I'm with you. Go get the best option. The money is being paid by Jed York. <laughs> so at this point, just get the best damn option. Like, like you can, if, if Bill says, I want to be the defensive coordinator, then just Jed says, here's the money, Kyle, make it happen. That's, 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 that's what it should be. Yeah, it shouldn't be like, oh, I don't know if I can get along with him or he's going to help coach me. It shouldn't be about that. It None of that should matter. Together to win the Super Bowl. I and agree. as far as VA, if VA wants to leave, he's going to leave. But right now, we shouldn't have to worry about that because we have a contract. And if, if the Niners don't sign him soon enough, it's just going to make it more expensive on them. So, you know, they already said that he was going to be the priority. So I, I don't see him going anywhere. But, hey, Wayne, thanks for having me on. And I really appreciate it. And, uh, hey, anybody else call in? I'll be back in the chat. All right, B. Thanks. Thanks so much, bro. All right. Let's see if this thing works properly right. right? I'm going to call my – there it is. I knew something was wrong. I just had to refresh the browser. All right, E, get ready, baby. Yo, Breezy, what's up? What's good, baby? Hey, doing good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I can't wait to hear this, just with whatever has been bubbling in your, in your mind. So, like, you ready? I'm just going to sit back and... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're going to want to hear it or not. Uh, you I, I, you, you, we, we're getting rid of Purdy, so I'm, I'm all for it. I'm going to eat my oatmeal. All right, so go ahead and do no, your no, thing. No, I'm not. I'm not caring for Purdy. Listen, I think Purdy would make a great backup. Uh, obviously, you want to keep him on the rookie deal. There's no reason to get rid of Purdy at this point. And to be honest, like, dude, you, you like you can't trade Brock Purdy. What like the people that really think that Brock Purdy is an elite Pro Bowl quarterback? I mean, dude, what what kind of trade value do you think you get back for Brock Purdy at this point? If you think that you're getting a first round pick for Brock Purdy, like I think you're kind of overestimating. You're looking at it through Niners glasses, in my opinion. You know, like, other teams aren't going to want, like, Brock Purdy works very well in a specific system that is built around his skill set. He's not, like, the kind of quarterback you can just plug and play like a Justin Herbert. You put him on any team, and he's just going to sling the ball around. So, but, yeah, no, I mean, it's, I I don't want to put it all on Brock. You know, obviously, you know, he had a really good regular season. It's just he doesn't seem to play as well in the playoffs. If, If you look at the regular season, in 16 starts, he had 31 touchdowns. That's almost two touchdowns per game. Uh, in three playoff starts this year, he had three touchdowns. That's one touchdown per game. His production just drops off in the playoffs. And if you watch the games, you see it. I mean, the first game against the Packers, he was missing wide open receivers all game long. The second game against the Lions, the first half, he had a passer rating of 39 in the first half against the Lions. And then against the uh, Chiefs, they made an adjustment to go to man coverage. And then once they did that, it was basically game over. The 49ers offense just shut down at that point. And, you know, I hate to say, man, I saw someone did a film breakdown of the Super Bowl. They were showing the uh, – they were going over the All-22. And in that game, like, you can watch the film if you don't believe what I'm about to say, but I saw somebody do a breakdown of it. In that game, Brock just wasn't going through his progressions. He was kind of locking onto one receiver. And then if that receiver – and then the problem is, like, most of the time that receiver was Debo Samuel who wasn't getting open – and then if the receiver wasn't getting open, he would start to, like, move around the pocket and try to, like, you know, avoid the rush and stuff like that. But, you know, at that point, it's kind of too late, you know. Like, he needed to be going through his progressions faster. I mean, unfortunately, Brandon Ayuk was getting open. People that were saying that Ayuk had a bad game, he was getting open. Purdy just wasn't finding him. So, I just – I don't know, man. It's tough. Like, I don't see – I don't see a scenario where it's going to be any easier next year. I think this was kind of like, this was like the, uh, like the yellow brick road from wizard of Oz. Like everything was laid out perfectly for you, man. You got a first round buy. That's great. 
You got second round against the Packers. They're the most the youngest team in the playoffs, most inexperienced team in the playoffs. It was Jordan Love's second playoff start. Then you get the Lions, the NFC Championship game. It's their first NFC Championship game since 1992. Their first NFC Championship game in over 30 years. The Lions, you know, they were probably, I don't want to say that they were just happy to be there, but let's be honest. The Lions making the NFC Championship game is the best season they've had in like most of our lifetimes. You know what I mean? So, and then you get to the Super Bowl against the Chiefs and you hold the Chiefs to 19 points in regulation. I don't see how it gets any easier than that. And, you know, you're looking at an offense where you got, Kyle Juszczyk, pro bowler, George Kittle, pro bowler, Trent Williams, pro bowler, Christian McCaffrey was the offensive player of the year. And, you know, people are saying that we need to upgrade the offensive line. Yeah, you can prove the offensive line. But for the record, Patrick Mahomes was under more pressure than Brock Purdy in this game. Uh, he was sacked three times. Purdy was only sacked once. Mahomes was able to escape the pass rush to scramble for 66 yards. Brock Purdy was only able to scramble for 12 yards. So, yeah, sure, you can prove the offensive line. But to be honest, dude, if your opinion is that we need to improve the offensive line when we already have one of the best tight ends in the game, one of the best running backs in the game, one of the best left tackles in the game, and then one of the best receiver cores in the game, if that's your attitude, that's fine. But then you're admitting that you think that Brock Purdy is a system quarterback with the way that you're treating him because you're basically saying he needs to be surrounded by pro bowlers at every position in order to be successful. So, yeah, I mean, that's one that's one way to do it. Another way to do it might just be to, you know, maybe get a quarterback who's, you know, 10, 15 percent better. And when you get to the Super Bowl and you're tied going into overtime, maybe, you know, an extra 15 percent productivity out of your quarterback could be the difference in winning some of those games. And I know, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, Kirk Cousins, a very, very polarizing figure. You know, he doesn't have very much playoff success at all in his career. If you look at Kirk Cousins numbers, his numbers, his average season is, is better than what Purdy just did this year. I mean, people need to look at the numbers. Kirk Cousins is not a scrub. He's not a bad player. He's got a live arm. He's got arm talent, and he's a good quarterback. And also, he's never really played with a good defense. I had a debate with somebody the other day who was, you know, kind of bagging on Kirk Cousins, and I had to look it up. In the last, like, in, in the last, like, 10 or 8 years or however long Kirk Cousins has been a starting quarterback, he's only had, like, a top 10 defense one time. And most of the time, his defenses are in, like, the bottom half of the league. And the one time that Kirk Cousins did have a top-10 defense was last year, and they were, like, 13-3 and three or 13-4 and four or something like that. So, I don't know, man. I mean, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. In my opinion, I think if you got this defense, you got these weapons on offense, I think if you drop Kirk Cousins into that offense, it's just a little bit better than it is with Brock Purdy, and that's the improvement. I think that could be the improvement that could put him over the top and maybe, you know, give them the opportunity to actually bring it home, not just keep knocking on the door, but actually kick the door down and actually win a Super Bowl this year because the rest of the league is improving. You look at the Lions. They had a really good draft last year. They're a young team. They're only going to get better. I mean, the Lions aren't going anywhere. Uh, I don't know about the Cowboys. The Cowboys, I never really have much faith in them in the playoffs. You know, I mean, the NFC isn't really that stacked, but the problem is once you get to a Super Bowl, you're probably going to be playing Mahomes. And even if you're not playing Mahomes, you're going to be playing Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. You know, we like we keep getting into these shootouts in the playoffs. And let me, let me not shootouts, but we just keep getting these games where we're scoring field goals and the other team is scoring touchdowns and we end up losing. You know, I just think the easiest way to improve the team, like, yeah, you can add a couple offensive linemen, you can add a linebacker, you can add corner or defensive tackle and, you know, maybe another wide receiver. You could add a dozen players, or maybe you just make one move. You bring in Kirk Cousins, and maybe that, I, in my opinion, I think that could be the one move that could put him over the top.
I don't know how I feel about bringing in Kirk Cousins. I don't think... I feel like Brock is Kirk Cousins. You, that's that's they're the same, in my opinion. The difference. I think Kirk but, has a little more arm talent. I think he has, you know, more experience. That's the difference. I don't know. I just think I, he's. But that's the difference. You just said it. That's the difference. The difference is experience. So you, when you're going up well, against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who might have different skill sets, Patrick Mahomes didn't look good in the Super Bowl, but his experience is what won that game. Him and his ability to say, oh, I'm just going to take off and run. We're going to run a read option. The Niners ain't seen this in a long time. We're going to do it. Like, that. that's how they That's how they took advantage and, and capped the game off. <laughs> it's not like he did that much better. Patrick Mahomes might be the better quarterback, the better prospect, the better proven guy. But even him, even Patrick Mahomes has experience. So all the guys you're mentioning are going to be more experienced. You got to give Brock Purdy some time. Like, you got to give him some time to go through these trenches. Well, and all those guys you mentioned, my issue with that, all those guys you mentioned, E, they all got better offensive lines. Well, Patrick Mahomes is under more pressure than Brock Purdy. It doesn't matter. His offensive so. line is still better at the end of the day. Like, and and, and, and take he was still and, able to succeed while under more pressure. He was able to succeed. He was able to succeed because he ran the ball. Let's. You want to watch the game? You want to watch the game together? You 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 want to sit and watch the game together, bro? You want to watch the game together? Sorry. You want to sit and watch the game together? Brock Purdy was we the could, best. The Brock Purdy was the I best mean. looking quarterback in that game until Patrick Mahomes ran. That's that's what I saw. Patrick Mahomes yeah, had the when best. Brock Purdy tried to run. He got. He got. They he took it away because the offensive line. The offensive line was getting mollywopped by a defensive front. And the Chiefs' offensive line was giving up more pressure. That's just a fact. Look it, up, it's man. not about them not giving up the pressure, times, but even in, it, even in even in giving up the pressure, right? Did the 49, could the 49ers stop the run? Let me ask you that. Can the 49ers stop the run? Well, they no. did a pretty good job in this game. They couldn't the stop the run, bro. And it didn't matter if it was the quarterback. They didn't. They didn't give up a hundred rushing yards to the running backs because those running backs didn't do that. It was that quarterback. It was. It was the same. It's like they didn't play Mahomes. The run, yeah, how, okay, how's Brock Purdy going to help them stop the run? He, I don't Brock Purdy's. It, the it's the you, because you said that the the. I'm telling you what the Kansas City Chiefs defense did when it came to Brock Purdy running the ball. They were there to take away the run. And the 49ers defense weren't prepared for a running quarterback. Why? I don't know. Like, they just didn't prepare for that. So if they were able to stop Patrick Mahomes on that third and whatever, and, and the read option doesn't work, we're having a different conversation. You're right about pressure. I thought the defense was fine against Brock Purdy, I mean, against Patrick Mahomes the majority of the game. It was just that one, two plays where they just... Yeah, but you're you're damning Purdy with your own criticism, though. Uh, so okay, so if the defense never allows any first downs, never allows any points, and nobody ever gets injured, and the offense never makes a mistake, and nobody ever gets a penalty, Brock Purdy can succeed. You are admitting he's a system quarterback. I'm not. So I'm not admitting that, that at all. I didn't admit any of that. What I admitted was the Kansas City Chiefs were prepared for Brock Purdy to make off-schedule plays. The 49ers were unprepared, how I don't know, for Patrick Mahomes to make off-schedule plays. That was the difference in this game. That right there. 
That's the only difference I saw in this game, plus a stupid muff punt. That, so you you don't th- you don't think Mahomes is maybe just a little bit more mobile? I never said that Mahomes wasn't the better quarterback. The I, reason he was able I, to play Brock Purdy is because the defense was better game plan, or the Chiefs defense was better game plan. You think the Chiefs? You think Steve Spagnuolo was sitting around worried about Brock Purdy making off schedule plays? Steve Spagnuolo said after the game that he made an adjustment to take away the crossing routes. They switched the man coverage. After that, Brock Purdy couldn't do anything. I don't know, man. I mean, everyone's entitled their own opinions. You're entitled to your own beliefs. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not. I wasn't in the coaching room. I don't know what they were game planning for. At the at but, the at the end of the I day, mean, at the end of the day, bro, Brock or whoever needs whoever needs to make my my issue wasn't with Brock. My issue was Kyle not making the adjustment. So if Spags made the adjustment because Brock was tearing that ass up, and Spags made the adjustment so Brock couldn't tear that ass up. Why didn't Kyle make the adjustment so that Brock can get back into some type of a rhythm? And that, to me, but he wasn't. But Brock wasn't going through his progressions, though. Ayuk was getting open. Ayuk, Ayuk wasn't getting open on every freaking play. So don't don't miss me with that. I don't care. I don't care what I saw in those clips. Oh, I don't care what I saw in those clips. Arguing against the straw man, dude. I didn't say he was getting open on every play. He was getting open, and Brock wasn't finding him. He wasn't going through his progressions. Okay, so we don't know why he wasn't going through his progressions. We know that the offensive line wasn't blocking, right? We know that he was. He could have been told to make the quick read, the quick throw here. We don't know these things. We know what we've and what seen. About the Packers game. What about the first fifty-four minutes of the Packers game? Was the offensive line not blocking them when they went? What was, what was their record? They were the number one seed this year, right? What was their record? Four, uh, thirteen and four. The, off, the offensive the line has line been an issue. All thirteen wins. The, I mean, the offensive we line can't is have it both ways, dude. We can't say that they're great when they win, but then when they lose, it's oh well. There's you know. A million problems that can't stop them from winning. They were the number one seed. They made the you. Super you Bowl. clearly, were, you clearly don't watch my show because I complain about every fucking game. So you clearly don't. You watch. You just not paying me any attention. Because if you did, I'm pointing out the bad in every game. I'm telling you what needs to be worked on in every game. You know that, yes, E. There's bad. There's bad in every game. You can talk about how CMC fumbled. I, I, I sure, I, and, I, and and that sure needs to be talked about. I don't know how that's kind of scapegoated and gotten rid of, but that's what started everything. But the, uh, my point, my point is, you're saying that they could, they can use a better quarterback than Brock, and I'm like, okay, that's that's your prerogative. I get it. I'm not comparing Brock to Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. He's not. He's not them. But he's Brock. And he works. And we've seen him work. Now, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but neither has Jimmy Garoppolo when he was in the position. But for some reason, there's other reasons why this team isn't flourishing. And I think the team can stand to be upgraded in certain positions, which is it's all I'm saying. And I think the stats kind of prove that Brock plays better in the regular season. I think if you look at the stats, he's more effective in the regular season. And this is not just this year, dude. Last year, first half against the Seahawks, it wasn't great. In the Cowboys yeah. game, the team scored 19 points. They only won that game because the defense held the Cowboys to 12 points. It's it's there. It's not just Brockman. There's been a lot of quarterbacks. This was Peyton Manning's problem for a decade. Good point. That he played better in the regular season, and then once he got to the playoffs, it was you know he, he just played worse. This is 
there is pressure in the playoffs, especially once you get deep in the playoffs, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl. It's not this isn't Madden where you just press a button and they throw a football. Like, these are human beings. They're affected by the pressure. Some players handle it better than others. And unfortunately, if you look at the stats. For some reason, the phone call hung up. So, no disrespect to Eric. I think he was making some great points. This is friendly banter. We go back and forth, guys. So just relax. I'm I'm feeling great, actually, other than this stupid ass uh flu cold or whatever that I got. Uh, but I do see that we should just go with the video calls from now on. I think that's what we'll do. There's too many technical difficulties here with this uh the phone call thing here on the show. So, Eric, I didn't mean to cut you off. It just cut you off. I, I was waiting for it to happen because I didn't see you online anymore uh, with the call. So uh, that's what happened. But, guys, man, listen, we'll do this every Wednesday. I promise 1,000% every Wednesday we'll have the conversation where, you know, whatever comes up, we'll, you know, you guys come up here and speak your mind uh, and, and things like that. But, guys, it is what it is. The 49ers are where they are, and they need to find a way to get back into – this particular situation, right? So they got to figure it out. And I think I liked what everybody was saying. Everybody, and, and Eric said it best, you know, everybody's entitled to their, to their, um, you know, to their opinions. But at the end of the day, like the Niners didn't get the job done. And if they would have gotten the job done in a piss poor way, I know me personally, I would have found a way to constructively criticize it, win or, win or lose, Right. And so that's just who I am. Like, but at the end of the day, they lost. They got beat by the Kansas City Chiefs. And now they got to figure out how they're going to get back there. And I think every season you got to look to where you improve. So, with Eric, that's why, Eric, I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners draft another quarterback or bring in somebody to compete. Like, it just seems like the Kyle Shanahan way. It just seems like that's what Kyle's going to do. And I wouldn't mind if they did that because maybe Kyle feels Brock can't get the job done. It's so funny, right? So maybe Eric's right. Eric could be 100% correct. They might need somebody a little bit better than Brock. But I do think Brock would gain, the more he plays, the more experience he's going to gain. And so all these other quarterbacks we're talking about are experienced quarterbacks, and only one of them won Super Bowl. Let that sink in. Talk about Patrick Mahomes. So at the end of the day, it is what it is uh, when it comes down to it. But guys, you guys are awesome, man. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. I want to make sure I didn't miss any Super Chat contributions, which I did. So shout out to my brother, Phil. Phil with the Super Chat contribution. He says, this discussion brings it all back to Shanahan, which is, for some reason, like whenever we talk about this Super Bowl, for some reason, I always got to ask, what the hell was Kyle thinking? Phil, I like for some reason it just didn't feel right. The, 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 I don't know, man. It's a tough loss. Tough loss if you're a 49er fan. Uh tough loss. It just it just didn't feel right. Uh and, and it and it started off right. And and Eric again brought up, you know, you know, the Christian McCaffrey fumble, and I just felt like that's where it started. But I thought the Niners were able to recover, recoup. And, and go on from that. But you know what? When I look at the San Francisco 49ers in this game, I just felt like they didn't take full advantage of the opportunities that they were given for number one. They didn't make the best of those opportunities. And when it came down to the, to the nitty gritty of the game, the better quarterback made plays and they won the game. 
and you can you could put it on the coaching, you could put it on you whatever. The Chiefs won fair and square, hands down, and the Niners lost. And so I think as as a 49er fan, we are tired of losing. Somebody on the internet, a Philadelphia Eagle content creator, had a nerve to say that the San Francisco 49ers are the a glorified version of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, it's crazy. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't decide to clap back at it because it, it's stupid, but everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's the one thing that I'm learning. So we'll see what happens, man. The Niners definitely got to find ways to improve. It's going to start with free agency. I guarantee you they're getting prepared for this draft that's coming, uh, the combine that's on its way. Uh, and, and and first and foremost, they got to get a defensive coordinator here. All right, so thank you guys for calling in to the call-in show, man, getting your takes off. I'm sorry about the technical difficulties again uh, with, the, with, the, with the phone calling. So we'll just scrap the phone calling from now on since the quality is much better with the video dial, the call-ins, all right? So we'll do that, man. Love you guys. It's all good. Stay up, man. Stay faithful. Thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate you. Till the next time. Peace out. We're so bright that we shine it. All we know is the night.